old saying we won't go if we can't vote. Incoming! Girls are incoming! No, no, incoming now! Oh, where am I? You washed up. Sorry? Welcome to the island of discarded women, my friend. I used to be somebody. Are you that woman on the radio? Your island job is peladora de papas. Uh, sorry, what? Potato peeler. 87% match for uh, your skills. Okay, that's not... Anyway, what is the second best match then? Host of the Island Podcast. Are you kidding me? No, no, see, that's me. That That's perfect for me. How we're mad and that's a good thing. Because we know that. Change is coming. Mary, Mary, find Shannon. Mary, Mary, hello, hello, Mary. Hello, oh, my name is Mary. Okay. For English, you know, say Mary, one. I wish, I wish you would let people know when you go into sleep mode. Okay. I mean, here I am talking away to nobody. Could you beep or gurgle your lava or something when you go to sleep, please? I'm sorry, I didn't understand the question. Yeah, okay, that's all right, okay. I'm just trying to find Shannon. She's got all this stuff. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Oh, jeez, okay. What, I'm here, what? okay. What? What? The what? drone drop was really late today. I'm okay. sorry. Okay, okay, But okay. everything, for the, the signs, all the stuff. So okay. we've got Sharpies, yes. poster, okay. board, painters, yes. duct tape. Okay, and where are they? Oh, I put them at the anger hut. No, you were supposed to bring it here to the wine bar. Oh, oh, and the flip on the bird shipment came. I found flip on the bird. Yeah. When you can't find the words, let your gloves say it for you. Mm. You can shop their fingerless gloves, hats, and t-shirts at flipemthebird.com. <laughs> yeah. When there's no words, flip on the bird. Wow, so look at this crowd. Yeah, I know. It's I mean, actual yeah. people showed up. I know, I know, I know. The WW Shush Society is now a real thing. I'm sorry. It? I could not find WW Shush. Please check the spelling and try yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, Mary, it's an acronym. When women show up, shit happens. WW Shush is an acronym. Did you mean Shush? To tell or signal someone to be quiet. No, no, no. It's just WW Shush. It's just like. Uh, I found www.hushpuppies.com. No, no, no. <laughs> It's just WW Shush. That's I all. I found Hush, little baby, don't you cry. No, Mary, thank you, but no, that, Actually, that doesn't why, work. Why, why are you calling it WW Shush? Wouldn't it, wait a minute, wouldn't it be WW Sush? WWSUSH? When women show up, shit happens. Yeah. No, no, so I'm taking the SH from the word show, show up. And not from shit? You're take, yes, you're taking the sh from show and from yes, shit. Yes, yes, I'm taking yes, I'm taking the sh from show and shit. Yes. Okay, so there's two h's at the end. Yes, yes, it's ww shush society. Two h's at the end. I already ordered the t-shirts. Okay, that's great. It's just a technically that's like three h's. Okay, Mary, Mary, would you tell her to stop picking on me, please? If you love a flower, don't pick it from the stem. See. You hear that? I don't know what, okay, what? See, truth be told, I wanted to call this movement mad, oh. but that had already been taken. Sure. Right, Mary? I found MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. See. Founded by Candance Leitner after her 13-year-old daughter, Carrie, was killed by a drunk driver. Right. Drunk driving in the U.S. has been reduced by half since its founding. Okay, see? Yeah. Right, talk about showing up and making shit happen, right? Right, right. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for reminding me of that trailblazer. Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm refired up now. Okay, let's go. well then, let's so go. let's get to the signs. Let's get to the signs. Thank you to all of you for filling up our island wine bar. Really nice turnout of all of you who live on the island. So, we're standing on the shoulders of so many who have come before us who have showed up and made change happen, right? And now it's our turn, right? So we have started this WW Shush Society. So say it with me, okay? WW Shush! WW Shush! WW Shush! Great, 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 sounds great. So you may ask, if we, are, if we are for speaking up and speaking out, then what are we against? We're against all the messages that we are less than, right? We are not a bunch of discarded women just washed up on an island. We are strong and we are fearless and we are powerful, right? Yes, right. So, good. So how do we get our message of activism heard? Well, our call to action tonight at this meeting is to create protest signs. Now, all of you on your table had a card asking you for your creations. 
Now the assignment was, based on your experience as women in this society, what would your protest sign say? Who wants to share? Oh. You've got one. Okay. Mansplain at your own risk. Oh. Mansplain at your own risk. That one's in. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, back there. Age is a number, it does not define me. Age is a number, it does not define me. One more time. Age is a number, it does not define me. Great, yes. Vaginas are greater than balls. In other words, you wish you had pussy. <laughs> it just got real. It just got real in here. Say it, say it, do you remember? Vaginas are greater than balls. In other words, you wish you had pussy. You wish you had pussy. These are big signs. Okay, so These signs are giant. Perfect. Great. Love it. Oh. So here's the thing. So the phrase that comes to my mind is the future is female. You know, the future is female, right? And that actually debuted in 1972. It's had a resurgence the last few years. So here's the thing, there's, the, there's all the pushback. Oh, <laughs> the future is only female. Okay, so like one half of the human race is supposed to go in hiding. Yes, that's exactly what that means. It's exactly what that means. And no, that is not what it means. It's a call to action, right? For women and girls, to change is up to us, right? It's up to yes. us to make that our future, right? Okay, all of this reminds me of a book I just read by this really cool author named Lorna Lanvik. You know Lorna, right? Yeah. So her latest book, her latest book, Chronicles of a Radical Hag with Recipes, is about Hayes Evans, a beloved newspaper columnist for a small town newspaper who has written daily for over 50 years, her columns earning many fans as well as a few trolls. This one uh, in particular jumped out to me. Hayes writes, April 13th, 2015. Hillary Clinton is running for president. I get another chance to vote for her. I cried hard back in 2008 when she conceded her primary loss to Barack Obama, but my sadness was tempered by the fact that history still was being made by the first man of color to run for and then eventually win the presidency. I've written many laudatory columns about the job President Obama has done despite crazy and shameful conspiracy theories. He's not an American citizen. Racism, of course there's racism, when will we admit it? And the obdurate unwillingness of Republican leaders to put American interests over party ones. But still, I was writing about a man. I would like you men reading this column, come on, I know my male readership is vast, to imagine this. The country that you live in, the greatest democracy of all time, has always, in its 240-year history, been governed by women. All of its 44 presidents and vice presidents, all of its members of Congress, all of its Supreme Court judges have been women. Oh, sure, as we evolved, we came to the enlightened opinion that maybe some men were capable human beings and elected a few senators, a few more representatives, and even a male justice or two to help us run this country whose very pledge acknowledges ours as a nation that honors liberty and justice for all. All being the extremely operative word, because really, fellas, how would you feel to have been considered such second-class citizens that you didn't even earn the right to vote until well into the 20th century? How'd you feel, fellas, if as kids in minus 10 degree weather, you wore trousers to keep your legs warm on your walk to school, but once inside had to take them off because dress code demanded you wear impractical dresses? How'd you feel if as a single man, you couldn't get a credit card, but if you were married, you could, that is with your wife's signature? How'd you feel if you were fired because you were expecting a child? 
How do you feel if your career options were limited because society told you men aren't doctors, lawyers, scientists, mathematicians, music conductors, CEOs, ad infinitum? How, fellas, do you like those indignities? Indignities is a good word, too, because even though we've gotten rid of some of them, many of these stupid rules, regulations, and customs remain. Their only purpose to strip you of your dignity, your personhood, your personhood, which is in importance secondary to your sex. And speaking of sex, how would you feel if yours always made you a target? That if you were out at night and robbed or raped, it'd be your fault. Because what are you doing out at night anyway? That if you went to a party and some woman took you to, into a bedroom and forced herself upon you, it'd be your fault. Because you were, after all, dressed in a tight t-shirt. And oh my, those pectoral muscles of yours were such an invitation. How do you feel if at your workplace your bosses constantly made remarks about those pectorals that made you feel uncomfortable? Or worse, if they shoved themselves against you in the copy room and threatened you with firing if you weren't, quote, nice to me? So I am thrilled that Hillary Clinton has officially announced that she's running for a position she's as qualified for as any who might run against her in the primary. And because I'm feeling so confident that it's our time, that it's the world's time for the presidency. Wow, it was like she was right here. It was, Wasn't it? Was like weird. you could just hear her reading the book, right? <laughs> so here's the thing. So what if women did rule the world and always had from the beginning of time? Would we be better at it? No, no, seriously, seriously. Okay. We are constantly criticized for being too sensitive, too soft, too empathetic, too... Give me something. Emotional. Too emotional. Oh. Give me something else. Too what? Too what? Too bitchy. <laughs> Too, too organized. Too, organized. too, too what? Moody. Too moody. Too impulsive. impulsive. Too bossy. Too bossy. Manipulative. Manipulative. Okay. And we're told we're not aggressive enough, though, for certain jobs, right? That being educated isn't attractive. We don't know how to fight, right? But wouldn't those be fantastic qualities to have as leaders of the world? I mean, think about it, right? I mean, wouldn't it be great if everyone in charge was sympathetic, sensitive, whip-smart, not gratuitously aggressive, chose listening over rage. I mean, power corrupts regardless of the gender, right? But if women were in charge, would the phrase women's inhumanity to women ever have been penned? And what about the founding mothers of yeah, our country? Hmm? I found... We hold this truth to be self-evident mm -hmm. that all women are created equal yeah. with certain unalienable rights. Yes. Yeah, you say, yes. thank you, Mary. You say that out loud, though. Watch the tweets fly. There you go. I mean, just think about that. And then where is all this venom towards mm -hmm. these really young, smart women, right? I mean, why does 22-year-old Nobel Peace Prize winner Malala Yousafzai and Parkland, Florida's 19-year-old Emma Gonzalez and climate activist, 16-year-old Greta Thunberg, utterly enrage the male hierarchy all over the world. What is that? Well, and what it is doesn't that even seem that it's anger. You know, it's, it's not just venom. It's, this isn't online sarcasm or not being PC. These yeah. are death threats. Yeah. I mean, I keep coming back to this. Amnesty yeah. International proclaimed Twitter is not just toxic and abusive for women, but downright unsafe for them. Mm -hmm. And so every so often I go to my Twitter feed, it's the only reason I'm still on there, hanging on by a tendril, and check any prominent female politician, writer, chef, actor, business leader, mother, athlete, just scroll through her Twitter feed. It reminds me of what they have to endure. Yeah. But kids? A chemistry teacher in Iowa responded on Facebook that the reason he wasn't attending the climate change event that Greta was speaking at was because, don't have my sniper rifle. The word don't, without the apostrophe, by the way. I mean, he's not an English teacher. He's a science teacher, which does make his anger at an impassioned speech about the climate even more confusing. He's been put on leave, and that community will have to decide if he should be around kids. But can't we all agree that 
killing kids for speaking up isn't okay. But then I realized our kids are killed just because they happened to go to school one day. A teacher just posted online that he'd like to kill her and Greta keeps talking. And she's been shamed and mocked, I can't even imagine this, by the President of the United States and she just stares him down. I was so moved by Greta's speech at the UN. Were you? Miri, 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 find Greta Thunberg UN speech, please. Okay, I found Greta Thunberg. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be here. I should be back in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, what was the last thing she said, Miri? Okay. And change is coming, whether you like it or not. Yes, yes, yes. And the thing before that? We will not let you get away with this. And, and before that? Young people are starting to understand your betrayal. And then what was earlier than that? We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money. And then? How dare you? Yes! <laughs> yes! How dare you? She is 16. She is our future. But she can only succeed if she has shoulders to stand on, right? I would love to offer my shoulders but they are awfully small. We need all of our shoulders, right? Right, Shannon? Yeah. We need all the shoulders? So that's so- why we're planning this WW shush, shush march through the island. What? It's just two H's. I know, it's tell. a lot of... Which is, we don't have a date yet, but we thought no. we could make signs tonight right. in anticipation of our forthcoming march, and okay. all of the sign-making supplies are over at the Anger Hut. We thought that might be a motivating atmosphere. Right, and Miri will be there to help you find words and uh, dates and synonyms. I found synonyms. Yeah. One of two or more words of expressions of the same or nearly the same meaning. Great, thanks, Miri. Okay, so let's go W W shush. W-W-shush! 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 Okay, we'll see ya! Wow, that... And there they go. That went well. Off to the anger hut. I know, it went really really well. well. I know, I know, I know. I do have to figure out my sign, though. I'm going with how dare you. Ooh, it yeah. just says it all. It's done. Yeah. We're done. That's oh, it. We're done. I love done. that, Greta. Yeah, we're just done. Just I love know. her. 16. So impassioned. How dare she? Who does stuff <laughs> like that? No, no, no. Really, who does stuff like that at 16? At 16. Right? I found Sybil Luddington. Who's okay, that, well, Mary? Sybil Luddington, known as the female Paul Revere. At 16 years old, she rode her horse 40 miles to warn the militia forces that the Redcoats had landed on the coast of Connecticut and were destroying their supplies. Wow, Sybil Luddington. <laughs> Who knew, huh? Who knew? Okay, so when I was 16, <laughs> my mother let me buy my first miniskirt. Hey, 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 hey. But it was one of those hip hugger kind with the belt. Cute. Oh yeah, it was yeah, real cute. Those are super cute. cute. It was super cute. <laughs> yeah. My daughter just turned 16. Oh, talk about cute and impassioned. Yeah, she just got her driver's license. Well, that's great. Yeah, it's it's a passage. Well, it was a big one. Well, it felt like it anyway. I was terrified. Yeah. I mean, she was four, and then she's 16. How does that happen? Yeah, I I, I don't I don't I don't know I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Do you remember the day you got your driver's license? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I do. I had to take my parallel parking test. <laughs> See, in Arizona, that's all we had to do. I mean, your dad or your neighbor or anybody, some stranger, would teach you how to drive. They didn't care, just anybody, whatever. And then when you turned 16, you took the written test, which mainly covered what to do at a stoplight. Yeah. And, you know, the red, yellow, green mm-hmm. thing, that was about it. And then a guy from the DMV gets in your car and asks you to drive on the block, and then you parallel park. And that's it. You are now a licensed driver of an actual car. Finding a cute miniskirt was harder. I swear to God. Well, I'm glad you passed. That's good. I, I did pass. I failed the first time, but I made it through the second. Well, that's my, good. My dad brought me to both tests, and uh, he got so mad that first time when I failed. I think he was mad for me, mm. you know? But it's interesting now. Kids don't care as much about getting their license uh, as they did back when I was in high school. Kate has friends who don't really care if they ever get one. They like to carpool, take the bus. It's interesting. Mm, That's interesting. I'm glad Kate passed, though, I think. No, it's good. I mean, it's good. (laughs) Yeah, it's big. It's just so amazing to me how different everything is now that she can drive. Yeah. Can anybody see? Is anybody waving? 
back in me. Mom, we gotta go. I'm gonna be late for school. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready. Do you have your stuff for rehearsal? Yeah, I do. Okay, so I'll pick you up at 6.30. Yeah, I might get done early, though. Okay, oh, just let me know, or just text me. Yeah. Oh, Mom, can I drive to school? I need the hours. Oh, God, right, right, right. Of course you can. I mean, you should, yeah. Yeah, here are the keys, because you... <laughs> you drive now. <laughs> that's good. No, that's great. Yeah. Oh, what time is it? It is 7.42. We're right on time. Perfect. <laughs> oh, can you also start my driving app on my phone? Okay, great. All right. We are set. All right, just pull out here. Good, good. Lots of buses, lots of kids. That's good. All right. Good. Okay. Whew. <laughs> so, what's today? Uh, I have a Spanish quiz. What time? Uh, 10.40. All right, I will think of you then. Gracias. Oh, okay, this is a four-way stop. Uh, should I go now? No, 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 no. He's going to go now. Oh, oh, Not oh. his turn, but okay. All right, you're next. Okay, I'm, I'm No, no, going. stop, 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 oh, stop, 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 stop. It's my turn. Honey, I know, I know, I know. Apparently, she wants to go. No one knows what they're doing. <laughs> Even if it's your turn, you have to watch all of these people. I was, Mom. I know, honey, I know. This is just part of driving in the world. I know, I know. That's how people do four-way stops. You know, these old guys, they just like to wave you through. Even if it's your, you know, your turn not to go or whatever. It's their turn. 20-year-olds just go, and the rest of us all think we know the rules. Okay. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Our country's left you very little to work with. All right. <laughs> this is great. Just nice job. Just pull up here. Okay, oh. thanks, Mom. I remember sitting in the passenger seat watching Kate get out of the car that day. It was right before she turned 16. Oh, and please don't say sweet 16, because that is a really awful thing. I looked it up, and it means that's when a girl's at her prettiest and most innocent, when she becomes a woman. Ugh. When I turned 16, I went with my mom to Ridgedale Mall, got a VHS copy of the movie, 16 Candles, and then we grilled hamburgers with my grandma and grandpa on the deck. Let me be clear, that's a good day. But I felt pressure, real John Hughes-inspired pressure, to have the ultimate birthday. And then I rewatched 16 Candles recently, and no one gets out of that one alive. <laughs> Especially the pretty girl who gets roofied and raped, and the Asian characters, and the people with disabilities. And it's not better now. Has anyone, have you ever seen Riverdale on Netflix? Oh. But I just remember feeling this moment as I watched her through the glass, you know, getting her backpack, checking her phone. Kate drives. <laughs> She's almost 16. And I just, I sat there in the passenger seat and had this moment, you know, like, a, like in a movie where it all slows down. This moment of awe and bewilderment. But honestly, she was just four years old when she used to say, Dichador, instead of dinosaur. And then she's eight, and it's this crazy morning when she tells me as we're walking out the door. Mom, do you remember when I forgot to tell you that I have to dress like Susan B. Anthony today for a project? Do you remember when I forgot to tell you? She actually said that. And I luckily had a lot of my uh, Laura Ashley collars still and stuff. <laughs> because I was convinced prairie skirts would come back. So Kate was a pretty good Susan B. Anthony that day, and I wasn't that parent. But all of these mornings, they're almost gone. These mornings when I used to quiz her on her spelling words, she still had to sit in the back then, so I would look at her in the rearview mirror. We would sing in the car, talk about just about everything. And then later it was a little quieter when she got her phone, but... We talked about some big things as I drove her to school. I will never forget the first day last spring when I sat in the passenger seat and Kate was in the driver's seat. Full role reversal. Now we listen to Lizzo or Dessa or the Dear Evan Hansen soundtrack. And sometimes I'm on my phone while she drives. I'm here in the passenger seat and she's there in the driver's seat. And when did that happen? People ask me, how are things? And I say, well... Kate's driving, she drives now. And what I'm saying is, I'm here, and she's there. Okay, I got my stuff, I gotta go. Right, 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 okay. Wait, I think I left my water bottle in the car. Oh, I'll get it, I'll get it, okay. 
I remember this one day when I drove to school with my mom. I pretty much had all my hours, and my test was in a few weeks. And we stopped at a gas station because my mom wanted me to practice getting gas. And when we went to pay, there was this lady in line who started talking to us, and she heard I was taking my test, uh, and she was like, oh, don't worry about if you fail. And almost everyone tells me that I'm probably gonna fail my driver's <laughs> test the first time, <laughs> which is weird, because usually adults don't talk about failure like that. They don't talk about failure at all. And this lady in line told us that she failed her driver's test three times. Imagine if she was talking about a chemistry test. Anyways, I wish adults would say more things about if you fail, even more than once. It's no big deal, just try again. I found it. I found it, it rolled under the oh, seat. Oh, thanks. Okay, so I'll see you after rehearsal, right? 6.30? 6.30. 6.30, okay, I love you. I love you. One more hug. Oh, look at your tiny face. Nope. Okay. Oh, don't listen to any news podcast. Okay, I'll try. All right, I'll see you at 9.30. Hilarious. <laughs> I love you. Can anybody see? Is anybody waving back in me? So, yeah. Mm, yeah. Kate drives now. Mm -hmm. Do you need a hug? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> a diver of the sky, a swimmer of the Nile, a singer of an unexpected song. Sister of the peace, planter of the trees. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants. Leader of the masses, kicker of the asses, director of a controversial show. Fixer of the cars, pilot of the stars. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants. La-da-da-da-da. La da 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 da. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants. Everyone. La da 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 da. La da 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 da. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants. One more time. La da 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 da. La da 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 da. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants. Oh, stay at home with baby or work until you're 80. It's all the same, it doesn't matter what you do. Too pretty or too smart, too guided by the heart. Let's send their mixed messages out to sea. Now all they have to say is crashing in the waves. Oh, a girl should be two things, who and what she wants. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants. You know, you'd be so much prettier if you smiled. Don't worry your pretty little head about it. Calladita te ves más bonita. You look much prettier when you're quiet. You just, you just seem so angry. You are awfully thorough. I know, it's just your hormones talking. Yeah, and those hormones have a lot to say. I don't even have hormones anymore. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants. You're listening to the roar of the female humans. And now please welcome my special guest for the evening, Lorda Landvik. Thank you, Lorna. I kind of messed up your name. You're I welcome, Sue You're kind of messing up getting that mic Sue off. Sue <laughs> A girl can be... Sue oh, Spot. a great song. I know. Was wow, that great? yes. Wasn't that great? So tuneful. I know. Oh, tuneful. Yes. Is that like nice costumes? Speaking of nice costumes, Sue, you Thank always you. look so good. Jazzy. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That was kind of... Oh, sorry. But that was kind of a sexist comment, wasn't it? Was it? Was it? Was it? 
Was it? No. I said, ja no. I, I said jazzy. What did you say? You said you look so... I said, you look smarter than you might be. <laughs> no, that's exactly what you said. That was, that's exactly what you said. So, um, thank you for joining us on the island here, Lauren. I really appreciate you it coming. It took a long... I had to take two freighters yeah. and a yacht. Takes a while. Yeah. And then a and, no one, and then you wash up, because we I have did. to be all wash up. I still have sand in my pants. No, I know. That happens. Oh, excuse me. It takes a while. It takes all a while right. for the sand to go away. So we heard that... Uh, thank you for reading that You're excerpt welcome. from your latest book. Yes. Chronicles from a Radical Hag with Recipes. Yes. So I posed the question, and as you did in your, in your chapter, what do you think? Do you think women would be better as leaders? Yes. If, if there was the role reversal? Do you, I mean, seriously, do you think so? Yes, I seriously yeah. think that. Yeah. 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 I mean... Enough said. And if I, if I were a man, I'd probably really like being a man. Um, and... There's okay. a couple of men out there. Probably, I know like it. Being men? Uh, and I think do you like I, being men? I think I'd be a. I, I think a good man realizes how, as Paul Wellstone so eloquently said, yeah. we all do better when we all do better. Yes. And so, yeah. And and if I were a man, I'd also I'd be curious, like, hey, what would it be like if the power shifted? Yeah. I'd be willing to try, because you know. I think you'd be the only one that would be willing to try. No, I think every man here would be with me. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, wow, that here. was yes. a little tepid. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I saw one woman kicking her partner, yes. and he clapped. Um, now, you, you told me that your inspirations for all your books, you've written 11 books. 12. Oh, 12. Yes. I, did, I, I was sick the day we had math. <laughs> um, anyway, so you've, you have 12 books. Yes, yes. 12 books. Yeah. And uh, you say that your inspirations for your books often come to you as fully formed characters with names. Well, they come as characters. They're not quite fully formed. They will come into my head with their names, but they pique my curiosity the little I know about them, and that's what compels me to write. It's like all of a sudden this thing comes into your head. Right. And then you write the book around that. Yes. Hayes yeah. Evans came into my head as an 81-year-old, long-time, small-town newspaper columnist. And I thought, whoa, that'll be kind of fun. And then the two other main characters came into my head. And then my doctor said, your medication's ready. And uh, <laughs> so, no. And you wrote the book anyway. I did. Yeah. I defy those doctor's orders. I know you come from a progressive side of the aisle, so to speak. I do. So Hayes in the book is, is, uh, is on the liberal side. She is. And so that wasn't, or was that, a reflection of your own politics? Or did that sort of, she came into your head as this, this, this progressive character already? Uh, I think a little of both. Okay. And I do think um, people will ask me, why does it seem so many writers are liberals? And my answer, and I'm not trying to be glib, is because we have imaginations. And, but I mean, we, we like to imagine what somebody else's life, unlike our own, is. Yeah. And so, then, so like walking in their shoes or walking that, in their... Just yeah. like Atticus said. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. So going along with this fully formed characters in your mind, are, are most of them women that, that, that show up? Are there, men, are there men characters that come to you? Yes, some I've written a couple books with male narrators, and that's really fun. It is very fun to imagine what it would be like to be yeah. a man. And it's funny, though, whenever I write as a man, I always write with my underwear on, and I boss my spouse around, <laughs> or, you know, make me a sandwich. Um, <laughs> And then it just, it just flows. And it just flows. Yeah. It, it works. Yeah. Have you ever gotten any pushback from publishers as far as, like, why all the women characters? Or is, have you run up against any gender issues with, with your yes. books? Yes. Uh, in my third book called The Tall Pine Polka, there is, and it's set in a fictitious town way up north, and there's a, a, a long-term um, couple and... Um, they happened to be gay. And my publisher at the time, who was a very forward-thinking person, would say to me, Lauren, I don't think uh, these people should be gay. And I said, I can't. Sorry, they are. <laughs> you know? And, um, so, but that really astounded me. That and you could have said, 
I wish you wouldn't talk like that. <laughs> yeah. It's really off-putting. But all my authority figures talk like that, so <laughs> I don't know why. And I bet they have their underwear on, and they bark for <laughs> sandwiches. Um, so what did you do about that? What, you, what did you say? I got you to just... leave. A, yeah, because uh, even though you're writing fiction, you have to write the truth of these characters. And their story was they fell in love long ago, and they both happened to... Um, I mean, your editor's goal is to make the book the best he or she thinks it can be, but yeah. you have to stand up for what you think. And so you do sometimes fight and to keep a character in or to you know, they have a scene be a little different, and they're pretty lenient in letting you win the battles you really think are important. So it oh, was important good. to me that they yeah, stay. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, because that's who they were. Yeah. yeah. So, there, so as far as the actual female, your female characters, you being a female writer, running up against publishers who may be male, for the most part, they listen to your reasoning and say, okay, sure, fine, whatever you want to do. Yes, most uh, men who I work with in publishing say, thank you, you changed my life. <laughs> I, I might I might be lying um, just 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 a little bit yeah so so your books are novels yes they're fiction yeah but are they based on on where you've lived who you know I'm thinking yes my very first book I set in my old South Minneapolis neighborhood where I grew up and your very first book was Patty Jane's House of Curl yes thank you and it's funny, um, uh, a woman came up to me at a reading a couple years ago, she, and I set Patty Jane's House of Curl on a real street, but it's a, it doesn't exist, it's a, but it's on Nawadaha Boulevard, which is across the street from Minnehaha Falls. And a woman came up to me and she goes, I live on Nawadaha Boulevard. I said, oh wow, that's great. She goes, a guy came to my house the other day knocking on the door and he said, is this Patty Jane's House of Curl? <laughs> She said, no, it's not. And I just thought, first of all, some guy yeah. is looking for Patty Jane's House of Curl? And even though he knows it's a He's novel, trying to find a really good salon? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> he could go to Bryce Germain Salon right here. <laughs> right here. He cuts my hair. Mm -hmm. Wow, he Ooh. looks like, you look like that actor. Um, you know, who, who, the one. what's his you name? You know the one. Yes, yes, Vigo. Oh, Vigo, yes. Vigo Mortensen. Yes. Wow. See that next time he knocks, you just tell him to go to Bryce Germain Salon. Okay. I think we just got a new sponsor. Wow. Well, right, I'm, right, right. I think we just got a new sponsor. Do you do shag haircuts? Because I'm still, I'm trying to, you know, get the perfect shag. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, good. Did it go got, somewhere? Okay, Lorna got a haircut out of it. All right. I think I got a new sponsor. This is working. This is all working. So you don't write autobiographically. Because, I mean, I mean, you don't write nonfiction. Except once. Except once, yeah, and that was best to laugh, right? Yeah, and that. Uh, it, Tell us about that book. It's a book about a young woman going to Hollywood to have a stand-up and improvisational career that will then probably bump her up into a huge movie career, which I thought I was going to have, um, <laughs> and I had so much fun in Hollywood. I lived in a old-school Hollywood Boulevard complex with you know, Olympic-sized swimming pools designed by Douglas Fairbanks and old tenants who knew Clark Gable and, mm. you know, who'd blow smoke in your face and say, I was Veronica Lake standing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had Veronica to... Veronica Lake standing. I did stand up and... When I, I was 19. Right. <laughs> And so um, I did a lot of performing, um, but I always wrote because I always wanted to be a writer. Um, but I thought, you know, why not be a movie star in your 20s, you know? Yeah. And Others have. Yes. Yeah, right. It's happened. <laughs> so many others. And so I, I wanted to just, as I had in Patty Jane's House of Curl, just honor that time in my life or that neighborhood. So I wrote about Hollywood Boulevard. I wrote about temping at the Playboy Mansion, which I did. Wow. Um, yeah. What kind of temping, <laughs> what, what kind of temping did you do? Was well, it, underwear involved? In it sandwiches? depended on who was in the gazebo. Uh, no, I, I took typing in ninth grade, and that served me well. Uh, 
because I could work. That's all you wanted. I could work anywhere, and so I I typed labels on the third floor of the mansion um, for all the many videotapes Heth would watch. You know, and they just everything was documented. If if a playmate opened cut a ribbon at a grocery store, I would have to type that out, and and then it led to a really fun job, and I don't know how, but I got to watch old classic Hollywood movies and then write synopses and paste them on the old uh, video cassette cases and twice deliver them to his bedroom. Oh. How it, but it, I was assured he was not in there and he was not. He was not. He was hiding in a, he was hiding somewhere. Yeah, under the mangy fur faux um, coverlet on his round bed. Oh. I think that's a book. That, well, I think that, that needs to be a book. On its, on its own. Yeah. So, so this one was very autobiographical, but still it was a novel. Right, because the main character, um, she grows up in South Minneapolis, um, but she has a much different childhood than I did. I had a really fun, happy childhood. She has a father who doesn't know how to be a father because her Korean war bride mother dies. And I thought, Korean war bride? No, but that was the truth of her character. She had a, a mother who was a Korean war bride. Oh. So. so why not make that story, uh, you know, a memoir? Why not tell that same story? Because I have a lousy memory, and oh. I, and I think a lot of memoirists actually do, but they kind of <laughs> tweak and embellish. Yeah. And it's it, it's really funny. A lot of people have asked me about Chronicles of a Radical Hag. They'll say, "Oh, it's a memoir, huh?" Oh. <laughs> and one woman I went to a book snap. club. She goes. Well, you're Hayes, aren't you? I said, Hayes is 81. She said, oh, I thought you looked pretty good. <laughs> you know? Okay, that's, okay, that that's not good. Okay. So, but age is just a number, remember. Yeah. Speaking of Hayes. Yeah. And her, her sort of, her radical hackness. Yeah. And, 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 and you're, obviously the woman was equating the fact that you are, you're, you're liberal in your politics and you're progressive. And you have showed up, and you have made things happen. Tell us about, uh, in 1986, uh, you and your husband and your 18-month-old child. 14-month-old uh, month child. 14-month-old yep. uh, Participated in the nine-month peace march from LA to DC. Tell us about that. We will have peace. Holly Near sang, wrote a, such a beautiful song for us. Yeah. Um, so uh, that happened after my daughter Harley was born. She, uh, now, you were not late. We were living in, in LA, LA trying to be a stand up or yes. a movie star. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then I got pregnant. <laughs> um, but after I had her, I had a dream that I was Gorbachev's temp secretary. And he had just been installed into yeah, power. Around bed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And around mirror. Um, and nobody knew what the relationship between. Reagan and Gorbachev was going to be. And I dreamt that the United States had sent a nuclear weapon. And I, I didn't know how to school Gorby. You know, I'm just a temp. And, <laughs> and I woke up, and I was just so shook. And that dream literally was the first step in millions. Because we heard about this peace march. We thought, let's go. Because I had been a, a long-time devotee of civil action because why not I'm a citizen and yeah, and yeah, let's show you. up and yeah. so yeah we yeah. walked um, you had to work two days within the camp so we worked on the daycare bus and um, just walked the rest of the way yeah I know Isn't it was a movable city though Thank that incredible? And, and you said you went through like two pairs of tennis shoes yep and only two pairs of tennis shoes well, I had my husband give me a piggyback right through most of it. <laughs> no. um, yeah, only two pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah. That's They're amazing. They're good but shoes. You were telling me about that, uh, this group. Now, it started out to be, what, 1,000 people? Yeah. And then it turned into sort of 500 because some people. All the funding fell through in Barstow, California. Oh, right. And so we regrouped, but we, it really was a movable city. Um, the founding committee left, but they gave us everything from the daycare bus to the mail truck to the food trucks. They only took away the uh, shower trucks. Yeah. Because who needs a shower, yeah. really, when you're walking all day long? Yeah. You, were, you were telling me that um, you, would, you would walk and sometimes alongside someone different. 
Yes. And you spend the whole day walking along this, and you hear their whole life story. And yes. I want to hear more about that. I think the most memorable um, fellow walker was a guy named Dell, who was a World War II veteran. And he said he was a tail gunner, and his job was to release the bombs from the airplane. And he said he could see the result of his job. And even though, you know, it's, uh, World War II almost seems like it could not have been fought. I mean, I don't really believe in righteous wars, right. but I, it seems like that was one that almost well, had to be fought. But he said, after that, I thought, from now on, I'm just going to work for peace. And so you would walk with Vietnam War vets, Korean War vets. I walked with the um, Lutheran minister's um, wife one day. Oh, my gosh, that was like the edge of night. I mean, <laughs> the stories she told is like, whoa. Do you think any of those stories factored into some of your books? You, you hadn't written any of your books yet at this point. No. Yeah. So then you, st you started writing. But when did you, what was your, why write Patty Jane's House of Curl? We had come back to L.A. Uh, once we got back from the march, we, remember those driveway cars you could, you know, somebody would say, I need my car driven to L.A. So oh. we got a driveway car that was like a, really swank Cadillac that even told the temperature at the time. You know, it's like, wow. And uh, we almost weren't going to go to L.A. We were just going to leave the country in that Cadillac. <laughs> but we got back, and I had had a lot of fun in L.A., but I hated the business part of show business. I hated the parts I got sent on. I always got sent on, like, the girlfriend or the young ingenue. Um, yeah, those similar are Similar to parts we get sent on now, right, Sue? Yeah. <laughs> and, the character roles. Well, that's what I wanted because they're, you know, they're more fun. Yeah, they are more fun. So we decided to move back, and uh, as we were loading our old Chevy, these two sisters move, move came into here. my head. Yep, yep. We'll drive back to Minnesota, yeah. um, and the the characters with their names again and the title came into my head, and I started writing. I'd write late into the night, um, and that's how the book. And wow. I, I think, you know, it's so fun to act. You guys know. Right. It's really right. fun. But Isn't it fun to watch us act? <laughs> but the business, Can I get an amen? But the business yeah. part is so not fun. Right. And, it's so, and I never fought when somebody told me no. I'd, okay, bye, thank you. But writing, it just meant too much. I thought, I'm not going to let some assholes no be my final answer. No, you take charge of your own life. Yeah. 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 That was the way to do that, yeah. You have some really exciting news about uh, one of your books. Um, oh My Stars has just been made into a 20-minute short film that will be screened this coming Saturday at the Twin Cities Film Festival, October 19th. So um, did you want to do a, a, a feature, and how did that sh the 20-minute short version? We do want to do a feature. and um, Tell us about the, the premise of that book, for one thing. Oh, my stars. Uh, that's part of the theme song. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's about a, a woman growing up in Depression-era Kentucky whose mother runs off with the town pharmacist, leaving her with a, a dad who doesn't know how to be a dad. She's very tall and gawky and bullied, and the fact that in a factory accident she loses her arm at the elbow does not... Um, help her in life and she had wanted to be like the Coco Chanel of Kentucky and she's a very talented visual artist and a fashion designer uh, but then that just cuts all dreams and so she decides after reading about the um, Golden Gate Bridge erection and uh, the subsequent first suicide off it to be the second suicide, and she gets on a bus, takes a northerly route, and the bus uh, hits one tree in North Dakota, and um, <laughs> she's saved by two musicians who completely change her life. And so you were telling me that um, one reason to do a 20-minute short, because you would like it to be a full feature. Yes. And so there was the thing where you can make a trailer. Yep. Or it's, what is it called, proof of concept? Yeah, yeah. That, and I had never heard of that, but this woman director I worked with, she said more and more people are making proof of concepts, and that's just like a little tease, either yeah. via a trailer or a short um, to get people interested. So then you, and then you shop it around to all the festivals. Yeah. 
And, but, but still, a 20-minute short, there's, it was probably, well, there's probably a pretty sizable budget just for that, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, we raised a lot of money. Are there other books of yours to be movies? or? I've had books optioned, and the exciting things happen, and then they don't. And so that's really why I decided to do this proof of concept. Just I got so tired of waiting around and, you know, oh, we're going to do this, and... And then they lie, and they didn't do it, and they cheat. Um, every January, you do Party in the Rec Room at Bryant Lake Bowl. Has anybody seen that? Yeah. It's a solo show where you improvise with the audience and you make margaritas on stage. Yes, I do. Right. Okay, so you're, you're up there by yourself on stage at the Bryant yes. Lake Bowl, and you're improvising with the audience, and you're making margaritas. Now, I have not seen the show. It was going to come last year, actually, and I got... Something happened. There was laundry. I don't know. Something happened. I couldn't go. And um, and tell what do you do? What do you what do you do? Do it. Do your whole show right now. No, we got a couple of minutes. Well, we got I'll, a couple of minutes. So, no, I just like I'll what, what say, can you do? Uh, something like what's your favorite perfume? Somebody. Anybody. If anybody. Chanel. Chanel, Chanel number, number five. five. Okay. Uh, give me a somebody in the news. Any name. Somebody in the news. Elizabeth Warren, okay, and now um, tell me something you might find in your aunt's purse. A Kleenex. So we have Elizabeth Warren, we have Chanel number no. five, we have a Kleenex. <laughs> Listen, people. <laughs> it's my mentor. When I was in France studying at the Sorbonne, this was after I struggled with my two kids to go to law school with no husband who would help because he was sitting around in his underwear, passing me around. Anyway, Chanel told me that the future is now. Age is not a number. Balls before vaginas. No, no. Otherwise. Lorna Landvik, everybody. Lorna Landvik. Thank you, Lorna. Thank you, thank you so much. That's our show. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to our cast. We've got Sylvia Putaza, Shannon Custer, Kate Wexler, Zippy Lasky. Our lovely engineers and male allies, Barry Medore over here and Tony Axtell. Uh, thanks to our volunteers, Suzanne Egley and Carolyn Ward-Denton. And thank you to Lynn Gordon and the amazing staff here at Nanort Social Hall. And we will be back next month with another live island of discarded women. Thank you very much. I'm Sue Scott. Good night, everybody. All the is crashing in the waves. Oh, a girl should be two things, who and what she wants. A girl should be two things, who and what she wants.